The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo, CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gildas Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are offered at more than 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Just five months after her son Victor was born in 2009, Leslie Rivera Quiros was diagnosed with stage 4 Burkitt's lymphoma, the most aggressive form of the blood cancer non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. She was hospitalized the same day of her diagnosis and began chemotherapy right away. Her aggressive treatment lasted 12 weeks. Ten of those were inpatient. Uh, She was isolated as chemo affected her immunity. Besides an aggressive IV chemo treatment, she also received spinal chemo, 18 blood transfusions, many units of platelets, and a wide variety of drugs to keep her going. After treatment, Leslie found support at her local cancer support community affiliate in Dallas. She captured her battle against cancer in her inspirational memoir, Victorious, My Story as a Cancer Survivor, which was published this spring. On today's show, sponsored in part by Lilly Oncology and Amgen, we are excited to have Leslie and her friend Jean, a health coach who helped her find her new normal and regain her strength both physically and mentally after cancer. Leslie is a communications professional with more than 15 years of experience in journalism, advertising, and public relations. A native of Puerto Rico, she works at a government consultant firm in the Washington, D.C. area now, and she lives in Virginia with her husband and two children. Leslie, thanks for being here. Thank you, Kim, for having me on your show. And Eugene, Jean Mosley, is a certified exercise physiologist and health coach. He has 10 years of experience in the wellness industry and currently works for one of the top five wellness companies in the U.S. Previously, he worked as a fitness trainer at Fit Steps for Life, a nonprofit organization that provides free services to people battling cancer. Fit Steps had a partnership with Cancer Support Community North uh, Dallas, and Jean worked at uh, that Cancer Support Community for two years, providing support to those battling cancer through personal fitness evaluation, individual and group exercise routines, and making participants accountable to continue on the program. Jean, who is originally from Houston, has a natural desire to encourage others to strive to do better and be better. Jean, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, Leslie, I want to start with you and, and get a little bit of background and a little bit about your um, your story. So, what was going through your mind when you found out you had cancer in 2009, shortly after you gave birth to your first son, Victor? T- take us back to that time. Yep. Yeah, so, 
<clears throat> Everything happened so quickly uh, when I was diagnosed that I was basically basically functioning on automatic mode for a few days after I was diagnosed. Um, in one week, I had a blood work on a Thursday. Then on the following Tuesday, I had a CT scan, and a couple of days later, I went to see a hematologist. So that day, as you mentioned, he performed a bone marrow biopsy, and he told me that I needed to be hospitalized that same day. And I started treatment the following day. So as you can see, everything happened so quickly that I really didn't have a chance to react. Uh, a, part, a part of me could not believe what, what, was going go, what was going on, but I basically was in shock for a few days. And so this was shortly after you gave son, you gave birth to your son, Victor. So, so how old was he at the time? He was five months old when but, I was diagnosed. And were you just in shock? Yep. Uh, mainly because uh, he was born prematurely. He was born at 28 weeks uh, gestational age. So mm. I, I, I was very depressed and very sad. You know, after he was born, and then he was discharged on my due date, which was, you know, just two months uh, uh, before I was diagnosed. So everything happened so, so. Only there were a, a series of success in my life, uh, sad success, uh, for lack of a better word. And, and then all of a sudden, I was already uh, stage four. Um, I had already stage four cancer, so it was very shocking, definitely. And so tell us a little bit more, Leslie, about the, um, about the treatment process. Tell us about what your, what your treatments were, over what period of time did you, you know, did you have treatment. Tell us a little bit more uh, detail about what that process was like. And were you able to see the baby during that time? Yep. So um, as you mentioned, I was uh, isolated, uh, mainly because at the time there was a break of the swine flu uh, and also because my immunity was uh, affected, but I wasn't able to see Victor because of children were not allowed in the hospitals, and he was he was just a baby, so so um, I wasn't able to see him. And uh, and the regimen the doctors gave me was very aggressive because the type of cancer I had was uh, one of the most aggressive uh, type of cancer. Uh, so it consisted in four rounds, and I was basically connected to a machine being infused with chemo, different type of chemo, uh, 24-7 some days, uh, some other days, you know, just daily infusions. Um, But I was hospitalized most of my treatment, and um, they were giving me super aggressive drugs just in order to, you know, to kill the, the, the cancer cells. And, and the doctors told me, you, you are going to make it if you can resist the, the treatment. That was basically, you know, the prognosis. So, mm. Wow. Such an intense period. And how, how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was 33. Wow. 33 years wow. old. Mm-hmm. Wow, so intense. And Leslie, your book, uh, it's called um, Victorious, My Story as a Cancer Survivor. It goes into great detail about your life before, during, and after cancer. At what point did you decide to write a book about your journey? What, what inspired you to do so? Tell us about that process. 
And so about a year after I had cancer, um, a relative of a coworker um, was diagnosed with uh, ovarian cancer. And my coworker will, will ask me questions about the different tests, the medication, and other things. And, and I realized that I was forgetting things. And at the time, I didn't know that I could be having chemo brain. But then I realized that I needed to capture my story, mostly so I could tell it to my son, uh, who, you know, we, we mentioned that he was just a baby when everything happened. So yeah. um, I wanted him to know what we went through uh, as a family when he was a baby. Um, so I basically created an outline with the you know main, main, main events and started to fill it. And, and then in the process of writing the story, which was for personal use, uh, I started talking to friends and coworkers and other people about what I was doing, and some of them suggested that I should publish a book uh, that I could inspire and encourage uh, other people battling cancer. So my main inspiration was my son, and then um, it became a broader project to encourage others to stay positive. And and I realized that. You know, when, when you have cancer, you want to hear stories of success. And this is the type of book that I wanted to read when, when I was diagnosed with cancer. I wanted to read uh, stories with happy endings. And so when you, th- when you started to make so it's the outline, I mean, did you journal during your treatment? Or, you know, how did you think about the outline? Did you think about it sort of chronologically or did you think about it in, in, in terms of different topics and themes? Tell us a little bit more about that creative process. Yeah, well, um, I did not journal my experience while I was getting treatment, uh, mainly because I was very weak and, and you know, I was in the hospital, but, but it was in the back of my mind to eventually write it. And and I was when I was ready to, to, to write my story, uh, I did, the, you know, I, I created the outline basically with how things happened and the, the order in which things happened and I started filling the information and each of the, the, the topics uh, of the outline became a section of the book and, and the book um, has 12 chapters and, and each chapter has uh, between five or, or nine sections. And, and I wanted to, to give a perspective. I wanted to create a story. Uh, so with a, a beginning, like the, the conflict or the drama and, and, and the happy ending. So that's when you mentioned that it has a great detail of my life before and after. Um, so I wanted to give some perspective about how my life changed before and after I had cancer and what I did to recover and heal physically, heal Physically and, and emotionally. And so did, did, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. So, so it begins when when I met my the the, the man who later became my husband, mm-hmm. and this happened. This happened. This happened two years before I was diagnosed with cancer, and I narrate our, our love story briefly, and then I briefly narrate uh, the birth of my son, and and then five months later, as I mentioned. Um, so my my diagnosis and and then most of the book is is about my journey, you know, battling cancer, uh, the the different um, 
regimens, the, the different um, parts of my treatment. And, and then because I was able to give birth after all my doctors mentioned that I was going to be sterile, so that's why the book uh, ends with the, the birth of my daughter, which is the happy ending of the story. Mm-hmm. That is a happy ending. How old is she now? She's a year and a half. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Thank um, you. Leslie, we've only got a couple minutes till our first break here, but um, how did you choose the title of the book, Victorious? Well, I wanted to, I wanted a title, a title that delivered a positive message. Um, I wanted a title that summarized or reflected what I want to transmit with the book. Also, well, Victorious has a special meaning for me because Victorious is also the meaning of my children's name. My son's name is Victor, and my daughter's middle name is Victoria. So basically, it was, it was easy. It was an easy decision. Wow. Yeah. Very symbolic. And um, just before we go to break here, Leslie, was, the, um, was writing the book kind of a therapeutic process for you, or was it difficult at times? Did it bring up difficult memories for you, or, or did you find some therapy in it? Definitely. Definitely I, I found therapy. Um, I didn't know when I started writing it that mm-hmm. I was going to heal. And I, I cry a lot remembering and, and kind of processing all I went through. And, I, you know, I, I remember typing and crying and, and just, you know, mm-hmm. sobbing. But it was, it was very therapeutic. And uh, I definitely uh, recommend people... You know, going through through any yeah. situation like this to to write their their thoughts, right. their feelings, and their story. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of certainly a lot of uh, literature that shows the value of rub journaling. You know, during a difficult situation. Uh, this is frankly speaking about cancer. We're talking with Leslie Rivera Quiros about her book, Victorious: My Story as a Cancer Survivor. We're going to take a quick break here. We've got a lot to, to talk about with Leslie. We're also going to bring Gene. Mosley into the conversation. He's a certified exercise physiologist and a health coach, and he's got some great information and tips to share for our listeners. Uh, This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo, and we will be right back. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. 
Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the health care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. People living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help and many of the people in their lives want to help, but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Meal Train, sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar, to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com slash MMT and enter the code MAGNOLIAB or visit us at CancerSupportCommunity.org. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, sponsored in part today by Bristol-Myers Squibb. We're here today with cancer survivor and author Leslie Rivera-Quiros and health coach Jean Mosley. Uh, we want to talk a little bit more about Leslie's book uh, and how she found support uh, in her cancer journey. Leslie, um, in your book, you mentioned your husband, Raul, and all of the wonderful friends and family members and co-workers and hospital staff who supported you in a variety of ways while you were ill. Uh, could you give our listeners today a few examples of the way that your network uh, supported you? Of course. Well, my husband and, and my mother, who was uh, with us with us at the time, they took care of everything at home, and including you know taking care of my baby. And they assured me constantly that he was fine and that every, everything was fine at home. So my friends and, and family, they checked on me frequently, uh, either by calling me or calling my mom. And and because most of them live far from, from us, many sent uh, care packages with magazines, books, and, and other things I like. And mm. they also made sure I knew they were praying for my health and for my recovery. And um, a handful of my friends were able to travel to Texas. That was where, where I was... Um, hospitalized. So a few of them were able to, to visit me, uh, which was great. Um, and my co-workers were also amazing. Uh, a few of them also had a business trip to Texas when I was getting chemo, and, and they visit me, visited me at the hospital. So I, they also made sure I received many thoughtful gifts, um, like handmade painted bandanas, and I put with uh, soothing music photos of the team, among other great things. And and the hospital staff was also a key part of, of my success. Um, I was in uh, Baylor, Dallas, mm-hmm. and they were incredible. They really went the extra mile every day to make sure I was comfortable and felt fine, you know, with within the reality I was living. Uh, they were, they always look for ways to making, you know, my hospital stay easier, uh, doctors, the nurses, the nurses assistant, uh, 
Everyone, everyone at Baylor was very supportive and compassionate. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Leslie, in your book, you, you know, you talk about, as I said, you talk about sort of the experience, your, you know, kind of before, during, and after, and you talk about your transition to life after cancer. In your words, you say, quote, I knew chemotherapy was a poison that destroyed the cells in the body, good and bad, but no one told me that after treatment I was going to become weak, have little immunity, appear sick, and get tired easily. I thought I was going to return to normal. After all I had gone through, my mind and my body needed to recover from the effects of chemotherapy. It took a few years to feel like me again. So how, how did you cope with this you know, unexpected, as they say, quote-unquote, new normal, that life after cancer treatment? Well, yeah, as I, as I mentioned in, in the book, uh, it took me some time to, to feel closer to, to what or, or to who I was before I had cancer. And, and I want to say that it actually took me a couple of years to, to feel mm-hmm. like myself again. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't deny that the, the first few months or, and even years were, were very challenging, uh, mainly because I wanted to, to be back to normal quickly. So it took some patience from my part and, and, and a complete lifestyle change. Um, for example, I started using and exercising frequently, um, eating healthy, avoiding sugars, getting acupuncture, and, and I did other things that helped me cope and, and that became part of my new normal, my new, new lifestyle. And, yeah. and I also learned to be compassionate with myself and not to push myself um, so hard. And, and I realized that I was going to feel tired more easily yeah. than before I had cancer. And, and then I needed to avoid being around sick people uh, as I could catch a cold or anything in a minute. Yeah. So, so, so Leslie, overall, yeah. yeah, I go think ahead. I learned to better take care of myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, so let's pull Jean into the conversation. Leslie, at what point uh, did you find out about the cancer support community in, in, uh, in, in North Texas and, and uh, the different programs there? Yeah, so when I was hospitalized, um, someone gave me a brochure uh, of Gilda's Club because at the time it was, it was Gilda's Club. And, and when I was uh, when I was discharged, I called to make an appointment with a social worker, and after the initial interview, I started participating in the different activities they offered. Um, so, so basically, it was at the hospital and that you that you found out about it. And so, when you went to Gilda's Club, you know what what did you participate in there? What what kind of services did you find the most helpful there? I I participated on several of the of the activities. Uh the one that I really uh enjoy and, and participated the most was uh the workup program with uh Jean Mosley and uh I also went to yoga, cooking, uh cooking classes, uh, you know, presentations and lectures. Um what 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 I think was most helpful was that um there, uh, everyone was affected in, in one way or another by cancer, and so there were no stairs uh, because I was bald, right? So, so most of the participants were were either sick or recovering from cancer, so we could talk freely about our feelings, and everybody understood each other. So it was this sense of, of community and compassion mm-hmm. that it was like a, this safe, place to to be and to go so gene um you know we certainly hear a lot of 
patients talking about, you know, feeling tired, feeling weak during treatment and, and really the importance of trying to regain some, you know, physical strength uh, during and, and, and after treatment. So can you tell us a little bit more about the kinds of programs that you've done with cancer survivors at the cancer support community there in North Texas? Yes. Uh, one of the programs that I had there was a, it was pretty much a standard program because one of the biggest things that Leslie mentioned is a lot of them will go through chemotherapy and they did not expect to be extremely weak afterwards. So when any time somebody came in, a cancer survivor, one of the first things I would do is sit down and try to get an idea of what type of cancer they had and what chemo they went through. And then I will put them on a treadmill, which most of them could only walk maybe 30 seconds to a minute, just to get an idea where their endurance is, see if they have any pains, are they, are they going to get any fractures or anything like that from chemo. And from there, then I will slowly work them over to start doing slowly hand movements with their hands to get their muscles and their bones moving again because sitting in a hospital bed for months caused them to have a lack of immobility, which also caused them to have a lot of stiffness. So we focused on that first. And, and Gene, why, why is it uh, important for folks who are going through cancer to be out there, to be moving. I mean, I think some folks might think, gosh, I feel so tired. I just want to rest. The last thing I want to think about is actually exercising or moving, you know, just leave me be and let me have some rest. Yeah. It's extremely important because going through the chemo process, if a person is active, it allows them to sweat the chemo out of their system. So therefore, it does not have that much more of an effect on their bones as well as their muscles. And not only that, it helps to keep the person's spirits up. When a person is sitting down going through chemo and that's all they're thinking about and they're not feeling like they have any control in their life, it causes them to fall in what a lot of the cancer survivors used to say, the dark, dark place, which is extreme depression. So being able to be, be able to mo- be mobile as well as work on those muscles, keep that endurance up as much as possible through chemo will allow them to have a much faster recovery process once they're done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Leslie, did, did you feel yourself going through a recovery pro- process through this exercise program? I mean, did you, were you very limited in the beginning and did you feel your strength grow over time? And if so, what, you know, what did that feel like for you? Yes, definitely. I was uh, very weak because uh, my my treatment was inpatient most of the time, so so I was prostrated in bed and uh, and I always before before I had cancer I was a very active person and uh, at one at what point in during my my treatment I could barely stand up by myself and mm-hmm. uh, so after you know after I finished. Uh, the treatment, and I decided that I needed to regain my life. Uh, uh, and like that, like Jean said, you know, uh, being on a treadmill, I was challenging. And uh, also, I lost all the muscle tone in in my body. So, um, so yeah, I was very weak. I didn't have much balance either. So, mm-hmm. so the program definitely helped um, to slowly, very slowly, uh, regain all those things that, that, you know, we take for granted. And, and actually one of the things my oncologist uh, told me and recommended, and, and every day 
he went to see me uh, at my room. He said, did you walk? Uh, so every day that I could, I, I, I walk around the hospital hallways, you know, just, just to keep some mobility. Um, like Jim said, you know, it helps uh, somehow to, to, you know, uh, feel like you are not just there getting chemo. You're doing something for yourself. And um, we just got a minute until our uh, our next break here, Leslie. But um, but uh, after you kind of finished your treatment, have gone through the recovery process, have you have you kept up with an exercise routine? Have you felt committed to kind of continuing to incorporate exercise and movement into your daily life? Yes, and I'm still trying to do it. You know, last after I had my 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 daughter last year, I, I was more discipline doing it because basically I want, you know, to, to be back in shape. But uh, but definitely, uh, I, I unfortunately, I develop a type of arthritis after chemo. So uh, so exercise is also important so I can keep going and, and help with uh, the, the aches and pains with, related to the arthritis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are talking today with Leslie Rivera-Quiros, who has a uh, written a beautiful book called Victorious, My Story as a Cancer Survivor that really does document her journey through a very difficult uh, cancer diagnosis and, and, and caused her to have to be away from her uh, infant son for an extended period of time. Also today we have Jean Mosley, who's a certified exercise physiologist and a health co- coach who works quite uh, extensively with, uh, uh, with cancer patients during uh, and, and after their cancer treatment to, uh, to uh, look for some tools around health and, and wellness and to regain some sense of control. Um, we are going to take a quick break. We have a lot more to talk about with Leslie and Jean, so don't go away. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We will be right back. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. 
Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Communities Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. We're back with Frankly Speaking About Cancer, sponsored in part by Takeda Oncology. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo from the Cancer Support Community, and today we're here with Leslie Rivera-Quiros and Jean Mosley in the next uh, segment. We want to hear a little more from Jean, uh, Jean, about your experiences working um, with cancer uh, survivors, and uh, again, we may have folks who are just uh, uh, who are just joining us now, and Jean is a, a certified exercise physiologist and a, and a health coach, and he has many years of experience in the wellness industry and uh, has, has uh, had a lot of experience working with cancer patients to develop a, uh, a health and wellness uh, program. So, Gene, why is it important to keep as much as possible an active lifestyle while receiving treatment, uh, um, you know, during your treatment, after your treatment? Why is this important both physically and mentally? It is extremely important because mentally, like I said before, it allows the person to have a sense of control. Uh, when people feel like they have lost control, that's when they fall into depression and they kind of lock up. They don't want to be bothered. They don't want to be dealing with anyone. And physically, it allows the bite to stay mobile. The biggest thing we're going through chemo is it knocks down the immune system. If a person is active, if they're walking, if they're doing some light stretching and some light weight lifting, it allows that immune system to have an advocate themselves to be able to fight that cancer and allow them to get back to a quality of life that they can be moving on their own and do the things that really make them happy in life. So, uh Gene, I know that, uh, you know, obviously all the programs we provide at the cancer support community are, you know, free of charge, and a lot of folks had the benefit of having you there w- with them. But, you know, why is it important to have a, you know, a trainer or a coach helping you set this up versus, versus just saying, yeah, I'm going to go out and maybe do this on my own? Biggest thing is safety. Uh, sometimes people mm-hmm. come in with, they had chemo brain, they don't remember past injuries that they had, and that health coach coach or that trainer could be able to talk to them about their medical history and get a referral from their doctor to make sure nothing happens that can cause them to have an injury while in the process of exercising. But two, which I think is extremely important, is that person is able to feed the vision. When Leslie first came to me, she told me her reason for wanting to fight that cancer and to live was, she said in a book on page 44, I want to keep living to be able to enjoy my family. So every time Leslie came in, I always asked her about her son and her husband. The reason I did that is I want her to have that picture in her mind of herself being healthy because that motivation is what allows a person to beat cancer and to be able to live the life that they want. Mm, mm, it's really powerful. Gene, um, you talked in the earlier segment about, you know, when folks come in, you know, basically you try to do an assessment of them, and one of the things you do is you get them onto the 
to the treadmill, which, as you said, for a lot of folks, especially who are folks who are in active treatment, even just walking on the treadmill for a minute or two can be a real, uh, you know, a real challenge. So are there special kinds of exercises, activities um, that you typically recommend for people who are going through cancer, especially if they're not feeling great, maybe feeling a little tired, dealing with some side effects? Are there some sort of lighter exercises that you have folks do in different classes or in one-on-one training? Yes. Uh, after they've got a referral from their doctor, some of the things I have them do is we'll sit down at the table or they can sit at home and just take their hands and just curl them up to their chest. You know, that gives them an opportunity to get some full range of motion and all of that gives them a sense of control. Another thing that I focus on is what we call a chair squat, when a person can just sit down. If they can't stand up on their own, just have another chair in front of them, put their hands on it, and push themselves up. That allows them to build up their legs. That allows them to be able to get up and move when they want because the chemo always attacks the biggest muscles in their body. So building up that lower body first, start working up that upper body slowly will allow them to start moving forward to being mobile. And so and and so you come in, you teach folks how to do this, and then, Gene, you send them home with sort of a, a program. You recommend that they exercise a little bit each day and try to engage in these activities. So these are things that they can do at home. They don't need to be in a fancy gym or anything like that. Yes, ma'am. They're very simple things to do, uh, things they can do without worrying about injury. And if they have any bone issues. You know, one of the things I always tell people, if you can't stand up on your own, just lay in your bed. Lift your legs up as much as you can. Lift your arms up. Just make sure you're doing small exercises that will allow you to be mobile so arthritis does not take over your body as a side effect from the chemo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, Gene, we're hearing uh, today obviously about Leslie's story, which is a very powerful story. And it's so nice to, you know, to hear you talk about every time she would come and you would say, you know, reminder, why is your, why are you here? You know, talk about your family, talk about your husband, talk about your, your son. Um, must feel great, Jean, knowing how you've helped so many people who have had cancer. Aside from Leslie's story, is there another, you know, another story that jumps out at you or, or, uh, or, or uh, you know, other things that you want to share about the importance of staying active during cancer? Yes, uh, there's, so many people have different whys and different visions when it pertains to beating that cancer. I had a guy by the name of Jack. He was part of the 1% of men who have breast cancer. And his mm-hmm. why and his vision was a little different than Leslie. His number one goal was to go back and play softball. This man was almost 80 years old. That was a 75 and up league. And so every day I will focus with him on building up his upper body so he can throw a softball for 20 feet. And the day he was able to throw that softball for 20 feet was one of the happiest moments of his life. You know, you got a picture of this almost 80-year-old man smiling like a little kid with Skittles in his hands <laughs> because he can finally go back out and play softball in the 75 and up league with his friends. Mm, that's a great, great story and a great visual, especially as we're in that summer baseball softball season. So. That's yeah. uh, that, that that that's terrific. So, Gene, what was your reaction when you saw your name in Leslie's book? I was I was very humbled. Uh, I was a little emotional because I took the position there to really help, and I live by the golden rule. I believe you should treat others the way you want to be treated, and I like to extend that to family. When 
anybody came in there, cancer survivor, I looked at somebody's mother, their brother, their sister, their cousin, and if that was my family member, my friend, I would like whoever was in my position to do everything in their power to make sure that these people can have the greatest opportunity to go back home to their families. So to be able to see my name in her book and know she's alive and well and have the strength to write that book was one of the greatest joys of my 2015. So I am so happy for and I feel blessed just to be able to be a part of her story. Leslie, was it important for you to talk about Jean and to talk about the importance of of exercising and staying active and finding that strength during treatment? Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, Because the, the, the program... It was great, and the fact that Gene was there, and he was able to guide me and the other patients. One thing he didn't mention, he will call you. He will call the patients. If, if we were absent for a couple of days in a row, you know, a week, he will call, hey, everything okay? When are you coming back? So he will make sure that you were accountable to the program. So so that was also great. And, and you know, uh it was important for me to to mention Dean because his guidance, like he said, you know, I, I all my life I've done exercise, but after chemo it was different. It was like I had to start all over again. And having his guidance and his knowledge uh, really helped me. And, and I still do some of the balancing exercise that he taught me, you know, six years mm-hmm. ago because um, they're important. They're basic. Um, exercise, but you know you have to start from the beginning and, and building that that foundation to keep going to moving on to, to more difficult um, you know exercise so mm-hmm. so definitely mm-hmm. was important for me and, to honor him yeah and Leslie when you you know when you're out there speaking to folks and talking about your own experience you know what, we're getting up to our uh, to our break here, but but what are some of the tips that you give folks who've just been diagnosed with cancer? What's the, you know, what's some of the advice you give them, and, and uh, you know, as they approach you and kind of want to hear your story? Um, to the people get you know uh, going through through chemo and with cancer, uh, don't be faithful. You know, be faithful. I'm, I'm a you know, Catholic, I'm a Christian, and, and, and just pray a lot and uh, be in the present moment. Um, we can worry a lot about what's going to happen, but uh, if we stay in the present moment and, you know, we focus on now and visualize ourselves being healthy, follow doctor's rules and, and you know, try to, to be motivated to, to, to have a future, a healthy future. Uh, that's you know I, I try to give encouragement to to people mm-hmm. with with cancer and I hope to do that with my book. And what about the importance of you know finding a community, connecting with others, finding others who've maybe had your same or or similar experience? How important is are those connections in that sense of community? Yeah, definitely. Well, I didn't have I didn't have that. Um, that luxury, if you will, because I was in the hospital most of the time, and I did participate in in some of the support groups that they were having in the hospital. But uh, but definitely uh, finding programs like uh, you know the ones that uh, Cancer Support Committee has, and just to to go to the support groups and 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 hearing from from other people, 
uh, right now, you know, you have other resources. You have Facebook groups uh, about different type of cancer, and, and you can also, there's another type of community to kind of, you know, nourish and, and, and get knowledge from, from others. But, uh, but that's definitely another aspect that, you know, um, just to, to know that you are not battling around, alone. There are, mm. unfortunately, uh, many people diagnosed every day and, and you know, going yeah. through the same. Yeah, absolutely. And we definitely at the cancer support community want folks to know that as well, that they don't have to can- uh, face cancer alone, that there are a lot of resources and, and we want to, you know, help them get connected. We're talking today with Leslie Rivera Quiros. Uh, she was uh, diagnosed with an aggressive form of non-Hodgkin's uh, lymphoma in her early 30s um, and uh, used that experience to write a very inspirational memoir, Victorious my story as a cancer uh, as a cancer survivor. We also have Jean Mosley, a certified uh, exercise physiologist and a health coach, on the line today. Um, we are going to take a quick break here. We have more to cover with Leslie and Jean, so don't go away. This is frankly speaking about cancer, and we will be right back. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community a global network of education and hope. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you break away from cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer, sponsored in part today by Azai and Genentech. Uh, we're coming up on our, our last segment, unfortunately, getting to the end of our great conversation here with Leslie and Jean, and it's um, it's really been an interesting uh, interesting show today. Um, uh, Leslie, based on your um, experience, what are some things that family members and friends can do to help a person who's going through through cancer? We get that question 
a lot. You know, I have a family member. I have a friend. I don't know what to do. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And I know sometimes folks, for fear of saying the wrong thing, sometimes don't say anything at all. And, um, uh, you know, so, so if you're a family member, a friend, a caregiver, what are some of the things that those folks can do to help their loved one? Yeah, that's a very tough question because I know from from my mother, especially that you know she was devastated. She, I, I know she wanted to to support, you know, and I know she wanted, but she wanted to do it, but she was devastated. And and I went with her to one of the support group in the hospital, and and when the moderator asked who is in your support, you know, system said my mom and she was next to me and she was crying and the moderator looked at me like she's in your support system like you know mm-hmm. but um, so it's tough it's tough but I think the main thing for 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 friends and, and family members is to keep a positive attitude because at least that's what I wanted I wanted I wanted to be around people that were happy that they had a good vibe. I wanted to, I wanted a positive atmosphere. So I think the first thing definitely to keep a positive attitude and surround the patient with, with a positive atmosphere, ambience, uh, like things, uh, happy stories, uh, remembering happy times or, you know, laugh together with the patient, uh, a lot of give him or her a lot of love, um, but it's also important to let the patient express his or her feelings. And and some people say, oh, you know, don't don't cry or everything's gonna be okay. And but let the person be. If if he or she wants to cry, let her or him cry. Let him or her be upset, but but also guide the person to a calm state of being. Being. Um, be there for the patient. Uh, be be present physically and, and emotionally. If you can't be in the same place, uh, make sure he or she knows that you're thinking about him or her. Yeah. For for me, getting emails from people, uh, you know, just I'm checking up on you. How are things things going? Or getting a text message. Or that that was enough to know. You know. Yeah. People yeah. Are, people are thinking about me. Yeah. Uh, so so she, I think that that that's important. In you know, I wanted to like two things. I wanted I wanted to hear positive and happy stories and and you know make jokes and and I had a rule on my room. I didn't want anyone crying. Mm-hmm. And the first person to start crying will have to leave the room. And and I say that in my book because you know I wanted a positive uh, environment around me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. So, Jean, we're getting to the end of the show here, but um, what tips do you have for our listeners today who may be interested in starting an exercise program? Maybe they're in active treatment now. Maybe they've just finished treatment. Where, where, where should they begin? Well, I would say the first thing to do is first talk to your doctor about uh, exercise and what side effects you may have from doing a program. Two, make sure that whoever you go to, that is somebody your doctor has referred you to, to make sure that that organization or the person you work with has a history of working with cancer survivors because that is a very complex disease to work with. Three, make sure that you take somebody with you that also have an idea about your medical history so nothing is left out that can possibly cause you to be injured or make your situation uh, a lot more challenging. Uh, 
Uh, if you do those things, you find a, a, a good organization that is under the umbrella of an oncologist, your chances of recovering will be magnified. So I would say start with your doctor, take somebody with you, take your medical history, make sure that everything about you is detailed, and then that person will be able to help you if they have a history of working with cancer patients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All, I think those are all good uh you know, good tips for folks because we do hear from, um, you know, from a lot of folks that they want to use this cancer experience as an opportunity maybe to get healthy and, and uh, engage in some activity and, and learn more. And certainly at all of our centers around the country, we're running exercise programs, nutrition programs, a lot of great information for people who are seeking, uh, you know, some of those tools for um for their health and wellness. Um, Leslie, as we get to the end of the show, tell people again the name of the book. Tell people where they can uh, find the book and, and what they'll find in your book, if you can just take a minute to do that. So the title is Victorious, My Story as a Cancer Survivor, Survivor, and it is available on Amazon on paperback and digital format. And also, if you live in the D.C. area, I will have a book signing event at the Central Library Auditorium in Arlington this Saturday. Uh, June 13 at 2 p.m. Or if you want a signed copy, you can send an email to victoriousbook at gmail.com. But definitely you can get it on amazon.com. And when, and when folks get the book, what, what will they find uh, in the book, Leslie? They'll, they'll find an inspirational story. They, they find a, a, a true story. Um, you know, it, it's, it's nonfiction. It's a... Uh, this my testimony is very honest, and I think Jean can can probably tell you more because you know mm-hmm. it's my story. But some people have told me, you know, some people will see it as a, as a love story because you know uh, there's a lot of love in my book and the love love for life and and the desire to to live uh, um, and the love and the support for for my my family, my friends. My, my children for love to, to God so, so I think there's a, a story of, of love and it's an inspirational story I hope uh, that you know people think you know there, there are things uh, stages that could be hard but, but you know you can overcome in them and, and be happy again mm-hmm. I don't know Jean I don't know you know if that's how you read it yeah yeah well, uh, you know, I really um, so grateful for both of you co- coming on to the show today and sharing a little bit more information, Leslie, about your story, about the book, Victorious, My Story as a Cancer Survivor. The book is available um, on Amazon. And, Jean, I want to thank you for sharing uh, information about exercise and, and, and wellness and, um, uh, and, and really how important it is that folks do find some exercise and, and, and physical activity, even if it's just some modest activity during their treatment and beyond. And there are so many mental and, and physical benefits uh, to that movement. And again, as you said, even if it's gentle, even if it's modest, um, you know, we're not talking about getting out there and running a marathon, but really mm-hmm. um, just, you know, getting up and, 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 and moving and getting that body circulating. And it's going to make a difference in yeah. your you know, feeling well and in your recovery um, uh, uh, and survival. Um, I want to thank you for uh, joining us today for Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Thibault. As I said, I'm the CEO of the Cancer Support Community. We provide a multitude of um, in-person and online and 
over-the-phone support services for people with cancer, people with any cancer at any stage of disease, and for their family members and loved ones. We have 50 centers around the country where we provide support groups, uh, educational programs, nutrition, exercise, stress reduction. So if you know someone who's facing a cancer diagnosis, let them know that they don't have to face cancer alone. Uh, They can visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org to find uh, a location, or we also have a wonderful helpline if you want to talk to one of our helpline counselors. That number, if you want to grab a pen, is 888-793-9355. Again, 888-793-9355. Thank you for joining us today for Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. <music>